0: (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hello everybody. Good morning. If you want to get a hold of one of those sheets on a seat near you, and open your Bibles, if you will, in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, these times, uh, when, when you move out of one year into the next, may not be that significant to you. But they're always significant to God. More significant to Him, it seems, than to us. And I don't know why that is. God likes milestones. He likes us to set up, you know, stones and altars and points of remembrance. So this is one of them. It's 2011. Don't answer this question. But how was 2010? How was 2009? And are we making the the, the, the progress that we want to make. And if we're not making that progress, then what is it? What's wrong? You know, every single thing we need is right here, amen? It's all in there somewhere. Just a question of finding it, digging it out, and putting it into practice. And as we start 2011, I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, I'm determined to continue to push, to determine to continue to learn and advance my life in whatever I can see and seek God for. And I want to talk about that today. Just, what are you going to do, guys? If you behave the same as you behaved last year, then things will probably carry on the same, right? The definition of insanity, right? When you... Expect things to change and, let you, and yet you don't change your behavior. Things have to change for things to change. And I want to give you one of those things this morning. Matthew chapter 6, I'll start at verse 28. Look at this. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, so do not worry. You see those two things there? Faith and worry. They're opposites. People who worry don't have faith. Right? People who worry tend not to pray. And, and you know, typically you've got a choice. You can either pray or you can worry. Now, people t- don't tend to do both. Well, so do not worry saying what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And here's the punchline in verse 33. But, and this is what you should do. This is what I must do. Seek ye first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Now, God's not a liar. Amen. Amen. God's not a liar. So there's a promise for me. There's a promise for you that if you have never in your life, in your Christian life, if you've never taken that Scripture seriously and sought the righteousness of God and dedicated your life to the establishment of the church and His kingdom, then now's a good time to start. Look, it's a rhetorical question. Do you want God's blessing on your marriage? Yes. Do you want God's blessing on your career? Yes. Do you want God's blessing on your children or your business or your life and every or your health? And every one of you will say yes, yes, yes. But there is a way, there is a prescription given to us here in Scripture. And you just read it, I'll dig it out in detail this morning. It's the principle actually of first fruits. When Matthew says here, or when Jesus says here, Seek ye first, seek ye first the kingdom. He's making a point, and it's a very crucial point. One that we will struggle all our lives if we don't get it and understand it. Now look at me a moment. You know the four levels of giving, right? Now you're going to, Some of you will work all your lives, eight nine hours a day, six seven days a week, right? And you'll be giving. So money is very important. It takes up a massive chunk of scripture. So pay attention. We give our tithes, which is tithe, the word "tithe" means ten percent, and each of us are required by God to bring ten percent of what our gross earnings are, and to bring them to the local church. Every single week. Okay? Now your tithe is a debt. If all you do is pay your tithes, remember you're not a giver yet. You don't give anything. You just pay back to God. In fact, the Scripture only ever uses one word about tithes. God says, bring the tithe. Because it belongs to God. There's the tithe. There's the free will offerings. When your tithe is gone and you still want to give, because God's heart is in your heart. You want to do good. There's the free will offering. Then there's the sacrificial offering when it's actually starting to cost you something. And then there's, of course, the faith pledge. Now, I I can't emphasize enough, folks. If you're still struggling even to get your tithe in, you're in trouble because God owns that money. Okay? God owns 10% of your gross income. You don't own it. It belongs to Him. Read the book of Malachi. They are robbing me. He takes it personally. God takes it personally. And life's so much. If I can't trust you with money, how can I trust you with true riches, Jesus says, right? You see, they belong to God. Let me give you an example to explain how they belong to God. Let's say, Ian and Brenda, let's say you had no car. They were without a car. And we were going away for a week or something, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll lend you my car. Why don't you drop me to the airport? I give you the keys. Off you go. And when we come back, pick us up. Job done. And we give them the car and we go off and we come back and there's Ian and Brenda standing with the keys. And Ian comes up to me and he says, Pastor Mike, myself and Brenda, we've been praying. And we want to give you this car. That's my car. That was already my car. Yeah, yeah, I know, but we want to give it to you. Well, you can't give it to me because it's mine. You get the picture? You see, you don't give God your tithe. You bring it back. You bring it back. And if it remains, I'm not going to get into blessing and cursing, but believe me, Christians can be cursed, right? Not because God curses them, but because we bring ourselves under the curse ourselves by our own stupidity, by not paying attention to what God says. You know, and we'll, we'll look at it in a, in a moment. So first there's the tithe. You get 10% of your income out. Out of your bank account. Out of your pocket. Out of your house. And then you're opened up really to anything God wants to do through you or with you. Now, look at, look at, look at this a moment. Examples. <laughs> Don't start shooting at these, right? What I want you to do, for those of you listening at home, I'm putting 10 apples out on the table here. And what I want you to do, take a look at these folks. People still get confused about what the the tithe is. Stay there. Let's say you're an apple grower. Okay, you're a farmer. You have an orchard and this is the first of your crop. In fact, this little apple here, he was the first one to be born. <laughs> Which one? This is all your money. It's a hundred pounds. Say a hundred single pounds or whatever. Which one's the tithe? Is it that one? Is it that one? Which one is the tithe? Which one is the first fruits? What's the difference? And it's important, you see, that the first fruits is the first one I take. That's the first fruit. You see, I could have many things. I could have a lot of money, a hundred here, a thousand there, whatever. But whatever comes into my life, here's the farmer. The first one that he takes and he gives or he eats, the first one, that's the first fruit. And this is the principle that God lives by. God says, that's mine. Never mind the tithe a minute. The tithe is 10% of the total but the first fruits is, is, is a much more important principle. The first fruit is the first thing to leave my hand. God wants that. He wants to be first in your finances. Not just the tithe, not just 10%. So you understand, I've got to pay my mortgage. I've got to pay my rent. I've got to pay for petrol. I've got to pay Jeanette. I've got to pay whatever, right? And it, by the end of the week, you know what, God? I'm struggling. Um, I'll see you next week. You see, there's no faith in giving the God the 10th apple. God doesn't want your 10th apple, by the way. He wants the first apple. He wants the first, the first fruits from your life. And failure to do this... It incurs the you know, the anger of God, the displeasure of God. I'll show you. Look at Genesis chapter 4. Look at this. Turn in your Bible and have a look at this for yourself. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 2. Later she gave birth to his son Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. And in the course of time... Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions and some of the what? What does it say? Some of the firstborn, the first fruits. And look what it says in the next line. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. It's the difference between blessing, living under the blessing and living under the curse, if you like, you see. Not because God wanted Cain to be that way, but because Cain didn't obey basic principles of Scripture. Listen, look at me. It says two things there. It says, in the fullness of time, Cain brought his offering. In other words, Cain paid his mortgage, his gas bill, his electric bill and when he was ready Cain brought not first fruits but he brought in probably his tithe so you see it's, it's scary stuff <laughs> because God looked with disfavor and Cain himself was unhappy it says his face was downcast he was out of proper relationship with God now listen carefully folks is it possible for someone to tithe and not prosper Absolutely. For lots of reasons, as well as the one we're looking at this morning. If you tithe, but it's not the first fruit, then you're in danger of being like Cain, who in the fullness of time, when he was ready, at his own convenience, when it didn't cost him any faith, brought to God, and that, you see, that's not what God's looking for. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he knows that just like with Eve and the fruit, don't touch it. Leave it alone. What I want to talk about this morning is not just this, but principles to live by in 2011. Is it possible for you to tithe all the way through 2011 and not prosper? Absolutely. Because it's not just the principle of tithing. It's the principle of first fruits, and that is a more important thing. God wants your heart. He wants to create faith in you, not just a a, a 10%er. So I hope you begin to understand the difference between tithes, 10% of our income, and first fruits, which is a bigger principle and a more important principle. God not only wants the first fruits, so my tithe, look at me, listen. My tithe should be the first 10% to leave my account. Then it's not just the tithe, it's first fruits. You understand? And that's actually what God wants. But it's not just the tithe. God wants the first fruit of every part of my life. He wants the first fruits from your energy. He wants the first fruits from your time. He wants you to get you know, he, he wants to be preeminent because that's what he is. Look at 1 Corinthians a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And verse 2 says this. And this is talking to us, by the way. This is not the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. And this is Paul talking to you this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. On the what? On the first day of the week, each one of you, and then he goes in to talk about the tithe. In other words, there's something more than just money here. It's about your life. On the first day of the week, and God, with the Jews, it was a Saturday, obviously. For us, it's a Sunday. But God wants us to set aside that time, that day. And on the first day of the week, We bring in the first 10% because we're putting God first. And indeed, every day when you get up, you should give God the first fruits of that day. Right? For reasons we'll look at in a moment. David goes on about this and on about this where he says, Early in the morning I rose and the first thing I did was sought God. Early in the morning, David says again and again, Psalm 63, Psalm 108, Psalm 119, over and over. Early in the morning, I make sure that I put God first. So you see, it's not just the tithe. It's your day. It's your energy. It's your week. The first day of the week. Paul makes that point and indeed it's not just there. If you get this right, you will without shadow of a doubt, See success. If you get it wrong, you can end up like Cain. A Christian who, maybe Cain and Abel were both happy chappies, you know. It's just that Abel obeyed the Lord and brought, made him first. Cain became unhappy. Ichabod, you know, lost his glory, lost his way because God was no longer first in Cain's life. He was unhappy and God was unhappy because he wanted his son back. So this principle applies to every area of your life. It was the principle Joshua painfully came to understand. Joshua took the promised land, right? So he enters into that promised land and they conquer Jericho miraculously, remember? Fantastic victory. Now Jericho was what? The first city, the first success in the promised land. And what did God say to Joshua? Everything in that city is mine. All the animals are to be sacrificed. All the gold and silver is mine. Joshua, you will take nothing for yourself. Joshua was a good boy. He didn't. But there was a man in the army called Achan. And remember what happened? Achan took some of the gold... And he hid it in his tent, and success turned to failure just like that. They went to a tiny little city called Ai, and they were defeated. And Joshua knew there's something wrong, something wrong here. We took Jericho ten times this size, and they had to seek the Lord. And Achan was exposed for his sin. Bang! Back comes the victory. You see, God demanded the first fruits. All. Of the first fruits. And provided Joshua got that sorted out, and provided you get that sorted out, you can see continued success. But if you start to eat your fruit, if you start to put God into second place, you're going to be a king. You're going to be someone who was once happy, but now is out of fellowship, now is out of relationship with God, because the favor of God is inside you, right? Right? You know when the smile of God is upon you and you know when He's not quite at peace with where you're at. Amen. And there's nothing. Seek ye first righteousness. That's that peace with God. That's the word righteousness, we call God righteous, means He always does what's right. There's no quicker way than losing your righteousness, losing your peace, if you like, than to do wrong. So the, the, these are principles. And I want to look at many of them over the next few weeks. Principles to live by. But as we start 2011, many of you are so good, faithful tithers. And I, I mean, we spent... I, 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 Lord, we must have spent six hours praying for you yesterday. That God would pro, could not stop praying. And I had other things to do. We were in our... Living room. And I could not get out of prayer. I could not extract myself because things were happening. And we tried to do I said, Jeanette, my God's still moving, still working. We can't stop. Just keep praying, keep praying for you to see and to advance. That's terrible to see Christians tithe their whole lives long and still not prosper. Amen? That's not right. It's not right and God would not want that. So there's other things that are causing that stoppage. There's other things that are blocking you. And this is just one of them. There's many more. Maybe we'll do a series on this. I don't know. We'll see after Christmas. But God demands to be first in your life. And as long as he's first, you will be both happy and secure. And you will have peace in your heart because you're seeking first the kingdom. But it is a dangerous existence and it's a profitless existence. Malachi, you will put money in pockets with holes in them. You're chasing the wind when I'm not first in your life because He's a good, good God. So that's the first principle. Plain and simple, God wants the first of your tithe, not just your tithe, But the 10% that leaves your account needs to be the very first money that leaves your account. So someone gives you 10,000 pounds tomorrow, bang, 1,000 pounds goes straight in. The first thing, don't pay your gas bill first. I know know it's cold. (laughs) First thing, make God first and that's how you continue to live in the blessing of God. The second point on your notes there, The first fruits that you bring to God have got to be blessed before they are able to multiply. Now, look at me a moment. You know when you put your tithe in on Sunday morning? Who collects it? Don't say Ian and Brenda. Who collects it? What does Hebrews say? Wow, Jesus, God help us. (laughs) The Bible says this, Jesus Christ Himself receives your tithe. The Lord Himself receives the tithe. Remember, this is personal, right? This is personal to God. You are robbing me. This is personal to God. So, but it's got to, you've got to give it to God your blessing, your offerings have got to be given to God in order to be blessed so that He can bless the rest of your life. I'll show you. Look at, my, uh, look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Verse 12. This is the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Luke chapter 9 and verse 12. Famous story. Jesus has been, has been preaching all day on and on and on and on. Look, chapter 9 and verse 12. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to Jesus and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages in the countryside and find food and lodgings. Because we are in a remote place here. Let, Let me just explain to you what's happening here. Jesus has a huge meeting out in the countryside. Thousands of people have come. But Jesus has been preaching all day. And the apostles, Peter, is hungry. And Peter wants some dinner. And so do the rest of the apostles. But they're too frightened to tell Jesus that. So they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, the people are hungry. Because that sounds better, right? Frightened of incurring a little bit of wrath there. Jesus, the people are hungry. The people want to go to a nearby village. But it's actually, I think it's them for sure. And Jesus replies to them, He basically says, if you care about the people, you give them something to eat. And he puts the ball right back in their court. They could not work the miracle that was needed. And then they answered him, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all the crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But, uh, But he said to his disciples, make the people sit down in groups of 50 each. The disciples did so. And everybody sat down, taking five loaves and the two fish and looking up. That's an by the way. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. Then he said to the disciples to set before the people. They ate all and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Now, let me explain what's going on there. You give your tithe, right? You put 10% in each week. That's fine. God gives you certain promises for doing so. A promise of protection that He will rebuke the devourer. It's a good deal for 10%, folks. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he will rebuke the devourer. He will look after your life. And in one sense, I would, I would personally use the word addition. He will add to you. But listen carefully, if you give over and above that 10%, that's where the principle of multiplication kicks in. So it's not the addition of 1, 2, 3, 4, but it's the 2, 4, 6, 8. That's where the principle of multiplication kicks in and that's what was happening with Jesus. Look, Brrr. leaders in faith, big problem. Here's the apostles, and they don't have an ounce of faith between them. And they come to Jesus and say, this is all we've got. And they don't know how to work a miracle. Do you see? They're not in communication with God. And all Jesus has to do, because he's in a mindset of prayer, is Jesus has to look to the Father. And receives the vision for what to do. What does Jesus do? Peter comes to him and says, God, we don't have enough. There's not enough to go around. 5,000 people here and look at all we've got. And Jesus must look at them and think, here, give me it. Have you learned nothing, Peter? Do you not know anything? Give me that bread. And he takes what was probably half of it. It says he broke it. Who receives your tithe? Jesus took it and took it. Broke it. And then he said, here you are, Peter. Go. And I'm sure Peter took this bit and thought, um, (laughs) uh, Jesus, could I have that bit as well? You know, there's a lot of people. And Jesus said, Peter, just take the bread. Because that's what will multiply. It's what you give over and above. It's that bit that multiplies. Jesus, if you like, took the 10%. Took the first fruits. Blessed the rest in 2011. He took the first fruits, and because of that, the rest was blessed. When I give God the first moments of my day, what happens the rest of my day? He blesses the rest. When I give God the first fruits of my life, what happens the rest of my life? He blesses the rest. Not just for addition, but for multiplication. And that's where I want to get to. I don't want to see you. I was praying great prosperity over you yesterday. But that's not going to happen to you unless you obey the principles. The principles apply to everybody. Anybody an exception? There are no exceptions to the principles of God. The Bible says there's only one thing that pleases God and that is faith. It doesn't even say love, by the way. It says it is impossible... Impossible to please God without faith. And it says at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is faith. Expressing itself through love. Wow. This is important. So in order to get to that, he starts me with the 10%. He doesn't want the last 10% because that takes no faith. He wants the first 10%. Because look, If this is the first apple to grow, it's the only apple I've got. (laughs) That's all I've got right now. I can't give that away. I need that. I'm hungry. I can't give that to God. And it's like Elijah and the widow. God sent Elijah to the widow. Why? Because the widow needed help, not Elijah. The widow was in desperation. She actually had debts, remember? And God's method of dealing with that woman was to. and to give in faith even though it's all I've got I've got a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour we're going to eat this and then we're going to die and what does Elijah say? don't eat it don't eat it give it to me put it down because that's the way you'll prosper could have three volunteers maybe Joseph could you come and stand here Everson would you stand here please Andy would you stand there for me please thank you. If you stand there, Joe, I'm not going to ask you this thing. You're okay. You stand in the middle of us and thank you. And you stand there, Andy. Thank you. Now I'm going away for a long time and I'm concerned about my wife being looked after. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to trust you three men to look after her for me. I'm going to give each... This is just a story. I'm going to give each of you <laughs> 10,000... I'm going to give each of you 10,000 pounds a month. Okay? Cool. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And what you must do... I'm going to give you 10,000 pounds, Joe. And what I want you to do is I want you to give Jeanette 1,000. I'm going to give you 10,000 pounds a month, Everson. And I want you to give my wife 1,000. My bride. You're the church. I want you to bring it to her. I'm going to give you 10,000 pounds a month and I want you to give her 1,000. And off I go. And I'm gone for six months, eight months and I ring up Jeanette. Hi Jeanette, how are you doing? Are you still alive? Yes, I'm still here. Tell me, how are the guys doing? Tell me about Joseph. You getting worried, Joe? (laughs) Tell me about Joseph. And Jeanette says, Ah, Joseph, faithful Joseph. Joseph has been giving me one thousand pounds every month. Oh, that's great! Praise God! Well done! Excellent! Continue to add to him then. Tell me about Everson. Ha! Ah, what does Everson give you a thousand? No. Everson gives me two. Wow! Bridget, can you believe that? When he joking. <laughs> Everson gives me 2,000 pounds a month. Oh, that's more than I asked him. I didn't ask for that. That's over and above. It's not looking good for you, is it, Andy, really, when you think about it, the two examples. (laughs) Do you know what we'll do? Bless Everson. Uh, What about Andy? We need to talk about Andy. Well, did Andy give you the money? Well, he gave me 1,000 pounds on the first month. You know the story. 700 on the second 500 on the third and for the last two months we've had nothing now what do you think I would do? what would you do? (laughs) I would take just speaking as a human being I would take from Andy and I would give it to Everson I would take from the one thank you gentlemen praise the Lord just a story relax (laughs) What, what would you do? Don't answer. Don't answer out loud. But what would you do? Well, I, I know what you would do if you've got any sense whatsoever. You would take from the one who is giving more than he was asked to give. Sorry, from the one who is not giving. And you would give it to the one who is giving more than he was asked to give. To those who are faithful, I will add. To those who push further I will multiply. So you would go from 10 to 20,000. You get the picture. And so it is with the kingdom. And in 2011, let's by all means tithe. But listen, folks. Make sure it's the first 10. Make sure that it's not just 10%, but it's the first 10%. In terms of your day, every day, Give God the best of that day. Start the day with Him. In terms of your time. Got time? I've got loads of time. And so many people rushing here, rushing there. Have you given God the first of your time? Look at me. Listen. Your time can multiply. Just like the apple can multiply, just like your finances can multiply. You can get more done in an hour in one day that you have given, made God first. You can get more done in one week because you made God the God of that week and you put Him first. Amen. And that time will multiply in your hands. You will look and you'll think to yourself, man, I got a lot done today. But if God is not first, you will never have enough time. You'll be chasing the wind. You will never have enough money. And it goes in every department, folks. Ah, oh, Jesus. Hundreds of people in Romania. And couples after couples coming up. Young couples asking for prayer. And I could see the, you know, praise God, many happy ones, but some sad ones. And they were coming to us asking us to pray for them. You know? And I guess people could see a happy, a happy marriage. And you want to say to people, God is first in my home. That's why I'm happily married. Because I, as the husband, as the leader, I make sure that God is always first in our home. He will be first every day. He will be first. You're not first, Jeanette. And you never will be. You never will be. And I will never be first in her life. Nothing. But not you, not money, nothing will take the place of God in our home. Nothing will take the place of God in my life. God will remain first. And that way, you have more than enough. Time? I've got plenty of time. Because it multiplies. And you end up doing, you know, guys, you end up achieving far more. But the way to tell an unhappy home, a cane... An unhappy Christian or those that are chasing the wind, it's plain and simply because God is not first. That's it. Nothing more complicated than that. And if only we would obey that one principle alone, how things can change in 2011. Now, I repeat the question I started with. We're ending 2010. How are you ending How are you ending 2010? And what's going to change in 2011 in order to see not just addition, but true biblical multiplication? What are you going to change? What mindsets have to go? Take it seriously. As I say, I I just invite the worship team back. I, I don't know if we'll look at other things because there's so much to look at on this subject. But to start with, Deal with your tithe. I forgot we need to take up the offering. Sorry, guys, I forgot. Let's do that right now. We can start with tithes and offerings, but please take it to your prayer life. Take it home in every way. Hallelujah. Father, as we gather today, we bring you the first fruits of our tithes and our offerings, we bring you the first fruits of our finances. And God, we live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And if they shrink back, in Hebrews it says, He is not pleased with that. And God, we don't want to be like Cain. We want to be like righteous Abel, who acted and lived in faith. So today we make a commitment, not just with finances, but with our time, with our energy, with our lives, with every portion, every area. You're the king and you will be first in all things. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name.